Welcome to Pretend I Know Nothing About. I'm Katie White, your host, administrator of COAAA. Okay, today on Pretend I Know Nothing About, we are learning about senior options with clinical manager Andrea C. and care coordination assistant Tara Hunter. Hello. Hi. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thank you. Very a fish. Okay, so we are going to start off with Andrea. So give us a little introduction about yourself, your role, and your program. Sure. So I'm Andrea C. I am the clinical manager of senior options here at COAAA. I um, have been in this position for almost nine years, which is wild to me. Um, Senior options is a levy-funded program that provides case management services and in-home assessments for um, Franklin County residents who are needing some additional help to stay at home. So... I am overseeing that department. Great. How many people are in the department? About 50 right now. Okay. And always looking for new ones. Always, except not stealing from other departments. No, never. No, no. No. We don't do that. Just if you have friends or relatives that do not work at COAAA (laughs) and are interested, send them my way. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, let's stick with you for a second. So tell us about your career path. Um, What other places have you worked? What have you done? Sure. So I... um, have always been interested in older adults. I actually wrote my entrance exam essay to Ohio State saying that I wanted to work at an area agency on aging and help people stay at home and in the community. Wow. Um, so was on that you know older adult path from the beginning. Um, worked at the Alzheimer's Association for a period of time then moved over to COAAA, was a passport case manager for about three years. And then I went up to Union County and helped sort of build out their uh, levy program. Uh, And I was there for about three years. And then I came back as a passport supervisor and then moved into this position shortly after that. So, See, I didn't even know you worked in passport. This is the magic of a podcast. Yeah. So so older adults is my thing. took care of my grandma who had Alzheimer's disease. I think a lot of us have grandma stories um, Mm -hmm. and just had a hard time navigating the system. And so, uh, you know, when I was thinking about what am I going to do with my life, I was like, you know, this is – this is where I want to be. Um, my parents were both social workers, so I knew what that looked like, mm-hmm. um, but knew that I wasn't looking for the same track that they were in. So here I am. I love it. Okay, Tara, you're up. Yeah. Uh, I'm the care coordination assistant for senior options. I've been here right around three years. Um She's a pandemic baby. I am. Okay. Yes. So I had a mutual friend who was a case manager, and she said, I need your resume right now. I said, okay, <laughs> right in the pandemic, and the rest is history. Great. So, and did you work any place before you got here? I did. Um, when I stayed at home with my kids, mm-hmm. I decided to go to college um, because I always wanted to be a social worker. Great. I wanted to work with kids okay. until I had kids. So I um, started out in sign language, um, wanted to be an interpreter, um, and then changed it when I got an internship at Goodwill. So I started out as a floater, which is kind of like a sub for their day program okay. and their SAGE program, which was older adults, um, 50 or 45 and older. Okay. And I loved it. Um, that's when they had the... Um, 
jobs, you know, they helped people. They worked in the program. You oh, know, yes. Sorting yes. clothes, different things like that. Um, and then I actually took a job in the young adult program, um, first off as a service coordinator and then as the program manager and then once the pandemic hit and then everybody had to stay home and things were up in the air okay so um, well their losses are gain yeah Mm -hmm. exactly good so i love it yeah so give us an overview of senior options as you know this podcast is for staff that are new or staff that have been here but don't know anything about senior options so how does it work who do you serve give us the whole spiel well my role is a little bit different than the case managers um i say i get to do the fun part of it okay um as far as you know coming in doing all the little um things like helping with the food stamps, helping with the heap assistance, um, doing deliveries, things like that. Um, I help with the furniture bank, um, scheduling with that. I go to some of the buildings once a month um, and kind of help with them some extra services. Okay. So With like the food box delivery? Food boxes, food stamps, um, Medicaid, getting them on the waiver program. Okay. Um, just doing all the little stuff that's kind of overwhelming to them. Yeah. So, but crucial. Very, very yeah. crucial. And they're very, very appreciative of it too. So This it, is why I love people yeah. that work here because it's like these applications and these processes are so hard and they yet are. it's what brings you joy. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's really nice when they, you know, get this long list of, you know, documents that they need and you know, you just kind of walk them through them. You know, it's not that bad, you mm-hmm. know, just and then that big wave of relief you see wash over them. Yeah. You know, and they're like, "Thank you. Thank you." So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Sarah helped over 500 people received benefits yeah. in the last year. So wow, that's, in one year. Yeah, that's we, we sort of tracked the, those statistics for the Office on Aging, and it was like 527 assistance with all of the things she mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right, so getting all of those documents for food stamps and Medicaid and um, HEAP and PIP, and really having that direct impact with folks that are low income and not able to, you know meet their basic needs without some assistance. Particularly when so many things are online now. It's like not that older adults aren't interested in online and not that they're not online doing things, but these applications are so complicated Mm -hmm. and so overwhelming. And to have someone to be with you, literally next to you, helping you step-by-step is a huge service. And then also, too, you know, gaining their trust with all their, you know, personal and sensitive information. Right. So, and just coaxing them through it, so... It's good. I like it. It's good. I really like it. Okay, so that's the senior option CCA role. Tell us, Andrea, about the uh, care coordinators, and then tell us about your role. Sure. And so, the soups, too. Don't forget about okay. the soups. No, never. Never forget about the soups. They're busy. They're <laughs> Sometimes I think they have the hardest yes. <laughs> job of all Agreed. of us. Um, so we have about 50 staff, as I mentioned. Um, most of those are licensed social workers and nurses who are providing case management services for, um, like I said, Franklin County residents over the age of 60 who are just needing some additional help to stay at home. So that's really the only criteria to be on senior options. Um, you just need to be wanting services and um, living in the county. Um, The folks that we're case managing at COAAA are typically folks who um, need some additional support. So they're needing face-to-face case management support. They're needing um, 
more contact than like a telephone case manager would be able to provide. Okay. And I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but um, you know, the, the levy is designed to um, help people who are not eligible for Medicaid waiver services. Mm-hmm. And so they don't necessarily have to have Medicaid. They don't need to be meeting that intermediate level of care or need that hands-on assistance in order to access our services. And so um, we partner with the Franklin County Office on Aging to provide um, that assessment piece and then these in-home case management uh, services for them. Uh, so somebody calls in on the county telephone number, they say that they, they're interested in senior options. That referral comes over to us. We do an initial home visit. We identify what their needs are. We talk to them about what they're interested in. And then they're either case managed by us or they go back over to the Office on Aging for telephone case management. Okay. So I'm overseeing that, you know, and all of the exciting things that happen, um, you know, week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think that any day is the same at COAAA. It doesn't matter what position you're in. Um, You know, we we have lots of staff going out and seeing lots of people. And um, so I think my role is mostly, uh, you know, just relationship building with the county, trying to figure out policy issues or concerns, trying to identify issues that are happening in the field um, and making the program work as well as it can. for as long as it can. Yeah. And so for those listening, some of the case management and contracts that we work on um, automatically go through an area agency on aging. The Franklin County Office on Aging or Senior Options Grant is something we earn, we apply for. We, It's not automatically given to us. And so I think it's a real testament to you and your team um, how long we've had this grant mm-hmm. and through different directors we've kept the grant and how the program um, is kind of going through some changes right now to meet the new and emerging trends and challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really want to raise that up because this is not a guaranteed contract that we have and we work hard for it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we get to keep this grant year over year. Yeah. And we've been in place. I mean, we've been contracting with the Office on Aging since the be- the very, very beginning of this levy. And it's a successful levy. I mean, it we're is. always passing, you know, in that high 70% voter turnout rate. Um, so, you know, I, I like to explain it almost exactly how you did when we have new staff that are coming on and saying, like, what's the funding source, you know, like kind of concerned about their jobs. And mm-hmm. I'm, I say, you know, there's no guarantees. And yet we have been doing this work for over 30 years. Yeah. Um, and our relationship with the Office on Aging is good. It is. You know, we're, we are going through changes in leadership um, and just, you know, how do we serve the number of people who have needs right now? Um, but to me, that's the exciting stuff. That's the stuff where we get to problem solve. It's the place where we get to be creative about care and service and, you know, what are the needs in the community? Yeah, I agree. So, okay, every day is different for mm-hmm. sure, but sort of like in general, give us an idea of what goes on, maybe not on a day-to-day basis, but like a week-to-week basis, like referrals come in, we go out, you know, give us the give us the general idea. Um, a typical day or a general day for me would be um, coming in, um, following up on emails, um, requests that are coming in. I work very closely with Mary. Shout out to Mary. Um, <laughs> who 
keeps everything going. She can check the systems, um, gives me a general idea to follow up with. Um, from then, you know, I'll go through, make my phone calls, make my initial contact with the clients, okay. um, introducing myself. This is what I'm trying to help you with. Um, this is what we need. Sometimes they have it, sometimes they don't. Give them a little bit of time and then just kind of start scheduling, you know, home visits here and there, um, following through, walking up with them, then getting it back, getting everything printed off and in order so I can give it back um, so, so we you, can submit it. Do you work with a certain team of case managers or you support I have all, all of them? 50 case managers. Okay, okay. so that's yes. a lot. It so. is. It is. So they can come to you if they're, you know, if it's a busy week or whatever, mm-hmm. or if it's specific tasks. Yes. And, they, and then you're helping to make sure yep. that those get done. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Digging through of piles all. of paper. Piles of, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for verifications. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where's the most recent bank statement? That sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. So, okay, so then the case managers, you mentioned mm-hmm. that you get the referrals, so there's an assessment. So case managers are getting about two new, what we call new screens or new initial assessments assigned a week. Okay. Uh, and then they're have, they have a caseload between 50 and 60, 55 um, that they are then seeing um, on a regular schedule uh, based on those those folks acuity okay so they so they're busy i mean they're out most of the time Uh, i want them out i want that's where they're doing their best work is you know just meeting people in their homes and seeing what their needs are um so you know um yeah they're they all schedule sort of their days i think differently and so some of them are coming in in the morning getting their paperwork together figuring out their day and then you know heading out for the afternoon some folks, you know, are the opposite, right? They're leaving from home, going out, doing those visits, and then coming in afterwards and dropping paper off or, you know, kind of tidying up, making phone calls to mm-hmm. the folks that they can't reach. Okay. You know, that sort of thing. So then tell us about the soups. What are the supervisors doing? The supervisors are doing a lot of chart review right now. I'm trying okay. to say, like, let's shift this a little bit, guys. But uh, they do quite a bit of chart review and just, like, oversight. They're um, handling the complex clinical cases that are coming. So, you know, trying to give some direction around, you know, this person's, you know, about to be evicted or mm. this person doesn't have any utilities. What can we do about that? Um, pushing that up to me, taking it to safe, you know, those sorts of things. They're also doing risk assessments. If we have some concerns in the community, going out and doing joint visits with a case manager to provide support. Okay. And then, of course, four-month reviews, oh, yeah. eight-month reviews, annual reviews. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of those of fun 12. supervisors things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Supervision. Supervision monthly. Yeah. Team meetings monthly. Supervisor team. My team meets weekly. So, you know, and then I meet with each of them monthly. So there's lots of meetings. I, I always say, like, my, meetings are sort of my job. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in a lot of meetings. <laughs> there are a lot of meetings. I'm yeah. trying to think what else for the supervisor role. Just if you're thinking about this, there's probably a lot in day force and timesheets. It's a lot of oversight and just sort of making sure that we are doing everything that the contract says we need to do. Yeah, it's a lot of checks. It's a, a lot, lot of checks. checks, making sure that things are going the way that they need to be. Okay. So then when we think about your role as clinical manager, in addition to maintaining the contract and the relationships and all of the um, political tightrope walking that goes along with that, what else are you doing on a usual weekly basis? 
I'm mostly checking in with supervisors to make sure that things are going as smoothly as they can, right? So is is there a policy that we're bumping up against that we need to advocate for? Is there um, something that we need to build out? Is there something that, you know, we need to kind of sort out? I'm doing a fair bit of interviewing right now mm-hmm. um, and trying to, uh, you know, just build out programmatically what the future is going to look like for the program. So we've been operating very similarly for a long time. Um, and we're in a place right now where I think that things are, are changing. Mm-hmm. Services that we can provide in the home are changing. The amount of folks that are needing services is changing. The acuity level of the, the mm-hmm. folks that are needing help is changing. And so how are we able to really provide the needs, support the support folks in the community as best we can mm-hmm. um, with the with the support and services we can provide. Yeah. So that's all like real big high level stuff. But in the day to day, it's like, you know, well, can we can we get another person to do these tasks that will free up this person to do these other tasks? And, you know, sort of looking at the program as a whole and seeing what what might be successful and then trying it. Yeah. And I know we have a lot of conversations around um, supporting all staff members. So whether it's um, caseloads or um, office equipment or office space, it's really, there's a lot of conversations that go on around what does staff need? What we provide? um, What's the balance between what our budget has and what we know the needs are and how can we shift that around? And so, um, you know, of course, appreciate all those conversations as well, because it's not easy to make all these decisions. No. I have a magic eight ball in here because I have de- decision fatigue. And oh, me so too. I just shake that baby up to see what it says. It really comes out in the evenings where I'm like, I can't. I'm not. Oh, I can't decide no. anything. What's for dinner? <laughs> I don't know. I can't decide. No more. Chicken nuggets every night. Chicken nuggets every night. <laughs> Veggie nuggets in my house. Oh. So, so it's always a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, Okay, so biggest challenge. What's one of your biggest challenges? It, it can be literally whatever you want. It doesn't have to be case management related. Just It does have to be work related, I think, yeah. though. But I think one of the biggest challenges for me is, you know, a lot of these calls or clients that I'm working with, I'm going in blindly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that initial call, just kind of feeling out where they are, um, empowering them to know, to get the things that they need. But then again, also, you know, if I've got a client who says, you know, I'm bedridden, I can't walk, I don't know this, finding those different avenues to get what they need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to be able to empower them to do things for themselves with as much help as we're giving them. And then also being that extra set of hands for a different client. Yeah. And knowing that a lot of the resources that we used to have plenty of Mm -hmm. are either diminishing or gone or look really different. And yeah, yeah, just kind of constantly being up on that. housing, are we? (laughs) I mean. We can get there. (laughs) It was like making a mental list of all. Right, exactly. (laughs) Only one challenge. You can only share one challenge. (laughs) Making sure everybody's timesheets, right? Right. (laughs) And then, no. (laughs) Tara needs some reminders about her (laughs) timesheet. I'm still getting used to the timesheet, to be honest. I'm like, I haven't had a time. We have paper timesheets. I haven't had a timesheet ever in my whole life. And every other Thursday on my calendar dings. I'm like, oh, my timesheet. Yeah. Yeah. Ask me's timesheets, too. They got to put in their lunch and the thing. And it's there. 
There's a lot of little boxes to fill little out. boxes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I need it's to look at one of those. I haven't seen one. Okay. All right. What's your challenge, Andrea? Um, I mean, I would say some of the things that Tara's touched on. I think the challenges that we see in the that I see, I guess my two biggest challenges, or at least the things that keep me up at night, is staff safety. So making sure that folks are remaining safe out in the community. Definitely. Making sure we're doing what we need to be doing per our contract, per the expectations of our funder, and also making sure that we're keeping people as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the climate's changed out there a fair bit, and we're just seeing people that are really living pretty marginally um, in lots of different ways. And so making sure that my staff is safe and um, feeling comfortable going out there every day is yeah. huge for me. Yeah. Um, the other piece I think that is both of these are staff related, but, you know, I have a lot of um, empathy for, you know, folks that are not able to receive services because of the worker shortage right. and the individuals that we're serving. But I also have a lot of empathy for our case managers who are used to being able to have a toolbox of these things that they're able to provide to remain, to help people remain safe in their homes. And that toolbox is is less, right? Mm-hmm. It's not empty, but there's fewer things, like you said, that we can offer. And the moral distress that comes along with that, oh, sure. um, with staff that are seeing folks and thinking, two years ago, I could have helped this person in a very specific way. And now I'm not, I know I'm not going to be able to find a provider or an adult day or whatever it may be yeah. to help them remain safe at home. Yeah, that's. I would totally agree with that. I worry about that so much. And Erica Drury, who's clinical programs manager... Director, Director, client services. Client services. I still don't have the titles or the classifications down, to be honest. But anyway, um, she has a really good reframe around that that I find encouraging, which is that um, staff need to really value how much of an intervention and a resource and a tool that we are Mm -hmm. um, or you all are, right? And even though there is a lot of moral distress that comes with not being able to connect to more resources, we still are this crucial point and, you know, there for individuals and someone that they can call. And that is a value. Mm -hmm. Um, It might not feel as gratifying as it used to, but you know, just to make sure we don't lose sight of that. Yeah, absolutely. We actually mm-hmm. received a voicemail this morning. Yes. Hello, I'm calling to reach Ms. Liz Erickson Mackey. This is in regards to my case manager, Ms. Heather Henley. I'm calling to let you know she's one of the best case workers I've had in my life. And I've been receiving support services since 2013. Please a star on your Heather Hemley. That lady's moved boulders out of my life, gridlocks. You know, my life was just riddled with knots. I don't have any children or grandchildren around me. I'm a home alone grandmother, disabled veteran, 66 years old, with a support animal. You know, she loves me and my dog, and I just think you ought to know that. Thank you for your time. Bye now. It was it was nice to hear that. Thank you. Okay, we've got a little bit of time left, so I want to make sure I hear about like what's one of your favorite stories. But then to make sure that you can talk about what you want to talk about, if you were like the in charge for the day, what's like one thing you would do to make CO better? 
So success story and then miracle question. I think it's pretty great right now. I can't think of anything Ice to touch on. Bar. Uh, massage chairs. I mean, I was I think out of the side of the box yeah, on this. Yeah. Community garden? Community garden. So those yes. of you listening, if you're interested in helping, find funding, write a proposal, dig in the dirt for a community garden in the parking lot, call me. <laughs> That's Andrea, not That's me. That's my plug. Not Katie. Yeah. Andrea. Yeah. Flood <laughs> <Flutter> her inbox. <laughs> Community garden meaning we're eating the food. Community garden meaning it's for the raccoons it's for that everyone. live nearby. It's or for the people. Everyone. Okay, yeah. everyone. So, Community. So my vision, my idea of this is that we have a small plot on the south side of the parking lot. Okay. Far enough away from the the roof that we don't have critters, you know, having a snack and then climbing into our building. Mm-hmm. But that has know, happened recently within that, the last month that we partner mm-hmm. with. Reckon parks and see if they can help us dig in the dirt a little bit. And then it can be therapeutic for staff. It could be, you know, food if there's people walking people by. walking through the parking lot. Food for me if I forget my lunch, you know. Or the raccoons eat it all and we're just in the business of having our hands in the dirt for a little while after a stressful Got call it. or day. Got it. I like it. I don't know if Phil or John or Rick, for that matter, will ever listen to the podcast. But if they were listening right now, can't you see them being like, a garden? No way. Yeah. And there's like a list already forming in their head of reasons why not. But. So my other idea is a, is the cat sanctuary in the courtyard. And so I think if I lead with the cat sanctuary and then go into the community garden... Like, I have a better chance. Yes, yes. Cat sanctuary in the courtyard. Just, just a couple. Yeah. It's better than the generator. Yes. Just in case nobody ever, or, you know, you're listening and you weren't here for this, we recently had a raccoon in the courtyard. And honestly, it was great fun to go watch and see him. He's taking, like, the best naps of his life. His little paws were so cute. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Um, I like the signs posted on the doors. Don't yeah. open the door. Yeah. yeah. 15 signs. 15 signs. Classic CO So like, good. One side, not enough. It was yeah. so good. Do not enter. Do not right. open this door. There's a raccoon. And then the one day there was like a bunch of little like things all around the door. And I was like, oh my God, did the raccoon get in? Like Tear up his own sign. Come join me. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Don't keep the door shut. You know, open the door. Um, okay. So final thoughts. What do you want people to know about senior options? What's the heart and soul of it? It can be in the form of a story. It can be in the form of the fact that your office space is the best or, you know, whatever you want. Well, honestly, with senior options, you don't find that sense of family. I mean, I've heard that there's been so many case managers that have been here, you know, 20-some-plus years. Um, And there was an email that we got Um, I think when Kathy was leaving, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been through births and birthdays and graduations. I mean, everything that all the core case managers have been through with each other from the past 20, 30 years, Mm -hmm. you know, that says something about uh, the morale and the program in itself. So So the sense of family is unique to the senior options group. Yeah. Yeah. And we do case manage people in senior options potentially much longer than other yeah. um, contracts, right? It seems that way. And I don't know if that's 
I don't. I think it, maybe it's just because folks are healthier, right? They're not meeting that that right. You know, nursing home level of care. But yeah, we have folks that will be on the program for like. 10, 12, 15 years, yeah. and they'll have the same case manager. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Like, I did know. that home visit with Camille, and that was the case. The whole family knew her, and they were so excited. Yeah. And there was the client, and then the client's brother, and the client's um, daughter, and the grandson, and like everybody loved Camille. She yeah. went and sat on the couch, and they were like right next to her, like showing pictures on the phone. It was great. Yeah. And I think she said she had been with them for. Over 10 years. I want to say even longer, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have the long-term employees that have just, you know, been the heart and soul, I think, of options. And um, and we're able, you know, because we're not bound by Medicaid contracts, we're able to be more creative about how we're supporting and taking care of folks and getting them, you know, what they need. And that, that piece is the part that is so exciting to me, I okay. think. Um, we had a case manager who was working with somebody who um, – had overstayed a worker visa, and so he's not documented and um, is not eligible for uh, really a whole lot of support. And she was able to connect him with an immigration attorney with, um, you know, with, I think, Capital University and just making sure that he's able to kind of get as many of his needs met as possible, just working tirelessly for Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. in all of these ways that is not service connected, right? It's like... She sees his. She saw the whole picture of him and was able to say, "Okay, these are the. This is what you actually need. Yeah, it's, it's. Yeah, you need meals because you can't afford them, but also you need this kind of support A to lot see of if personalization. Can help. Yep, that's where the all the case managers go. Yeah, yeah. I'm really proud to be a part of it. I really am. Good. So yeah, and also we have really good potlucks. Just saying. Ooh. <laughs> Haven't received an invite, but that's fine. Terry O'Connor's retirement party is coming. I don't know when this podcast is being released, but. But isn't it at a bar? May 25th. It's in the education room first. Oh. And then happy hour later. Okay. Look at the, look at the invite. Okay. Yeah. Also, again, not good at email. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much. Yeah. This was so much fun. And, you know, what a better place to start than with you two for our first staff podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah, anytime. Uh-huh. Anytime. Thanks. <laughs> Well, thank you to Andrea and Tara. What a great episode. Um, If you liked what you heard and you're interested in sharing about what you do, send me an email. I promise I'll read it. Even though I said I didn't read my emails, I do try. Um, And hopefully now you know something about senior options. Thanks for listening.